Okay. This is a warning, a disclaimer. If you have the case of the Mondays, meaning if you just want to hear a total fest for about 30 plus minutes, have I got a show for you. Hey, welcome to the L. Duncan Show with Gary Streisky. Um, I think in general, there you start Monday one of two ways. Yeah. The kind of person that had a great weekend. Maybe you got uh-huh. some rest. Maybe you went somewhere cool. And so you're feeling like optimistic and positive about the rest of the week, right? Maybe you're going somewhere really cool this weekend. And so you're like, yeah, yeah. let's get this week started because yay. Or maybe you're like me. And slept with your five-year-old for the last three days, who sleeps like the exorcist. Oh. And um, and have had absolutely no sleep and are just feeling sort of grumpy. And it's just like every single day, Gary, I just got grumpier and grumpier and grumpier. And so I'm just going to warn you, this show could be brought to you by Get Off My Lawn. Because I just feel like so many people in sports this week, like just sort of mildly irritated me. And I'm ready to be about it. Well, that's fantastic because that leads into a perfect segue for me. I have a friend who is a dear friend, a friend of yours as well, uh, and they are diehards. They listen to every episode. They watch every episode. They hit me with notes and what their favorite parts of the episodes were. And one of their biggest critiques of this show is that we, you and I, talk about sports too much on the program so fortunately we're about to have a recap over what we saw over the course of this past weekend and i don't think anybody would qualify it as sports yeah you're clearly talking talking about the nba all-star weekend um also your friend is crazy okay we wear headsets we do love lines all right we did a race we did a race mvp for god's sakes by the way we did we told you guys last week when we did it it would be going to be a great litmus test on how many people in the office watch and apparently not a single one of them because i didn't get any pushback it was great oh i got a couple i got a couple notes on the race (laughs) on the race mvp so boom maybe maybe my slice of the pie maybe my venn diagram all right they don't overlay as much as we maybe thought they did yeah, maybe not. Um, apparently, we've just got like really very different fans. And that's what's great. We bring them all together. And that's exactly what it's supposed to be with the All-Star Game. You bring all of these huge names together, All-Star Weekend. And like, listen, in general, there is a crisis of conscience when it comes to these sort of All-Star Games. Every single one of them knows that they are staring down the barrel of like complete irrelevancy. It's why the NFL years ago pivoted from a game and try to just like get us excited about dodgeball. Um, I personally don't think that they can be saved. And mm-hmm. the NBA tried very hard to do exactly that after record lows last year for their all-star game, Gary. They really wanted to make an emphasis on this being interesting again. They went away from the old new format of two captains picking whoever they wanted via playground style. They decided to go East versus West again. And they just put such an importance on being there and playing hard and giving everybody a show. And then we got 211 points. Bro, we had somebody score 50 points on the losing team. (laughs) Somebody scored 50 points and didn't win all-star game MVP. That's crazy. It's just bad. And the yes. thing is, Gare Bear, 
is not only the players don't care. I mean, Anthony Edwards said it. He's like, this is supposed to be a break. It's literally called the all-star break, which you want us to go out there and die for balls so -hmm. that then one of us can get hurt. And then you guys call us stupid morons because it's an exhibition game. Like, what are you supposed to do? So I get it. Like, if you're the actual player, no, you're not going to play hard. You don't want to hurt someone. You don't want to potentially hurt someone or cost someone. These dudes are all obviously very integral to their respective teams, which is what LeBron is saying. But even Adam Silver yesterday when he was giving the trophy out just sounded so incredibly dejected. Listen. And to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. This man was like, I hate all y'all and I wish I could cut you. He was so mad. And the, 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 the important thing to take away from what he said to the Eastern Conference All-Stars was that, yes, he said they won more points. He didn't say you won yeah. the game. You had he did, more points. He did congratulate them, but he didn't even call it a game. He didn't say win and he didn't say game yeah. because up to this point, they were trying to build this up, which, by the way, I was a fan of the Elam ending because they did make it close on purpose for the last what was it? Eight years at the fourth quarter did matter in the all-star game. And I went back and looked at the history of the all-star game, uh, recent history, and then a little bit more, um, more blown out. And there were like single digit games recently that the all-star game finished. And now we haven't had an overtime game in over 20 years, 2003, that we had a double overtime game in 1993. So like, that's when they used to be bout it, bout it. But how much does the NBA want us to care about this and then the second half of the season and now the in-season tournament? To me, L, it's starting to feel like they're devolving into like international soccer where, yes, this little pocket of the season is important. And then this pocket of the season is important. And then you're going to send your players on loan. And that's important for somebody else. It's too much going on. I think Gary, what's really interesting is that I remember when when we were young. I told you that this Straight is going to be a get off my long. But when we were long young, we were longing for more sports, right? We were sort yes. of subject to whatever was on locally. Um, I remember being young and my uncle having to tape Denver games because we lived in Florida at the time. And unless they were on national TV, he would have to like tape Denver games, then send my mom the tape so that she could go back and watch it like via a VHS tape, like. We, as uh, media has evolved, as streaming has evolved, as all of this access has evolved, we have access to sports almost too much, right? And I, I would say too much to maybe a casual fan. In our world, we love that. Like, we want you to consume as much sports as possible. It's literally how we make a living. But if you are a regular fan, I could understand how you having access to every, if you've got NBA League Pass, Gary, then you can watch these guys actually compete Every single night for real. You can watch them do these things in real games and yoke and yam and all those things. So why do you want to watch them in an all-star game do it? And I think that's the problem is that we used to clamor for more basketball. We used to clamor to see guys that we would never see if they were outside of our local sphere. And now we get to see them all the time. And so it's like, well, what's the incentive them of saying up the game starts at damn near nine o'clock on a Sunday night. What, why? So that they can go out there and just, you know, it's basically a shoot around. And I think that's the problem, not just with the NBA, but with every single one of these leagues, with every league pass, with every, this, with every, you know, it's on football's on five days a week. Now it used to be a two day a week thing, you know, uh, until the playoffs and then you'd get it three. Now it's on five days a week. So I see all that to say, I don't think any of these things are fixable. Like me personally, 
I still am all in on the home run derby. I love it. Yeah. I still think the home run derby is great. I'm not watching the actual game. Don't care. Especially because it stopped mattering, right? Like they tried to make the all-star game important by giving home field advantage. Were you a fan? I was, I know I'm in the minority when I say that. And I think I've said it on this show that I was a fan when Major League Baseball dictated the World Series home advantage yeah. to the winner of National League, American League. It made it, made it matter. And then you're going to have your detractor saying, oh, well, there's a player from every team that's represented on both the National League and American League All-Stars. And half those guys don't even make the playoffs. So half those guys don't even care. Well, if there's going to be a rebuttal, for everything what are we doing anything for like you have to incentivize these dudes with something and it i think it should go back to like the the majority rules in sense of in terms of common sense like you have to make it matter in some form or fashion money doesn't matter to these guys anymore like dame lillard won sixty thousand dollars for winning the three-point contest Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard ain't going to know. That's notice. pocket change. That's what I'm going to say. Dame Lillard doesn't isn't going to know $60,000 hit uh, his account from the three-point contest. Like, that's nothing. You know what I'm saying? And I know you kind of chirped at me when I was like, who cares the in-season guys making two hundred and fifty grand? And you're like, well, that's a pretty big chunk of change. Well, listen, if you're going to make a prize big enough monetarily for these guys to care, okay, find a way. The NBA's not hurting for cash. But I would say make it matter more to the actual game, which would be some sort of home court advantage at some stage of the playoffs. And then, of course, there were people in the comments like, well, some of these guys aren't going to make the playoffs. All right, well, that's cool. That should then elicit the guys who will be in the playoffs, the Giannis's, the Jason Tatum's, the LeBron's, to fire up those guys and to and to get those guys to play hard for them as, as a team dynamic. So... Something something needs to change to make this worthwhile. I think that there's obviously everybody has an opinion and everybody's got some ideas on how to make it better. I saw a tweet that was very popular. It got lots of likes and it's been shared in quite a few group texts already. And it says the only way to save the all-star game is to turn it into a true pickup run. Four teams of six, one sub per team. It's a five on five half court. The first to 15 is the ones and twos. The winner stays on. And then you play for a set amount of time. And whoever wins the most amount of games is the winning team. This is kind of like an elevated version of what I threw out, which is like, I think you should do sort of a mean tweets meets all-star game version, right? Where like LeBron James gets to go back and like find someone who's been talking about him, Skip Bayless, and he gets to challenge him on the court at the all-star game. Like just go collect everyone's like trolls and then weave them into these teams. And like, let's really get this going. Cause that would be super interesting. But I do think that the NBA has been great about outsourcing ideas. The play-in game happened because people kind of called for it or they mm -hmm. wanted some legitimacy to the beginning of the season. And it ended up being a great success. I mean, it wasn't certainly a precursor of what was to come because the Lakers really haven't won since. But I think that like, the NBA is good at keeping their pulse to the streets, if you will, to see sort of what the fans are clamoring for. And if I'm them, I'm going to a full-blown, you get to pick them, the fans format. The same way that you pick the All-Stars, 
you get to pick how we do the all-star game this year. What do you guys want? Because I do still think that the skills competition is fun. I'm all in on the three-point competition. No thanks on the slam dunk competition. Like it's it's been done already. I don't mm-hmm. I can't watch somebody jump over anybody else anymore. It's just been overdone. And so I think um I think there are things that are still legitimate. And then there are things that are just not going to be able to be solved. And I, I'm not really sure the All-Star Game is one of them. I thought that it was uh, a pretty big indication that Sunday morning Sports Center we led with, which generally speaking in years past, Sunday morning Sports Center after the Saturday night of All-Star Weekend, you lead with the dunk contest. Last Sunday, we led with Sabrina Steph. So I think that just sort of shows you the fall from grace that was the dunk contest. Now, you're talking about having an all-star competition that's competitive. That's the only way you're going to make the dunk contest competitive because you have dudes on YouTube who have an entire following by just doing circus dunks. Mac McClung gets woken up like Michael Buble and Mariah Carey get woken up every December. Hey, wake up. It's time to go to work, right? So you need to pick these, these highlight dunkers off the streets, get these and one dudes yes. off the streets to compete with the NBA dudes because that's the only way you're going to incite any new creativity with yes. those with those events. I think you're right, Gary. Like, I think we have put so much on name recognition, but the truth of the matter is nobody cares who the name is anymore. They want to see some circus because that's what they always see. Mm-hmm. So I would much rather a bunch of no-name and one players, globetrotters, trick basketball shooters doing this basically mac mcclung i would rather more of them than just a really big name who can like do really impressive dunks that we have already seen ad nauseum time and time and time again i'm totally with you i think that we've got to get away from the name recognition and get more into the pure entertainment aspect of it because until someone starts pulling i mean who was it that said even during the all-star game that the most interesting part was the trampoline dunkers he literally which player said that anthony davis anthony davis was like that was the best part of the all-star game so make that the slam dunk competition but i do have to say that there was a couple of things surrounding the three-point contest and the slam dunk contest that just to get on, you know, my rocking chair and be You're fired about, up. You're fired up today. I was told you I was grumpy. Clear the lane. Let's start with Sabrina and Steph. I'm just convinced that there are just some dudes that really just don't want women anywhere near their sanctity of sports because how anyone could have watched what Sabrina and Eskew did. Okay. Scores 26 points shoots with the WNBA ball, but from the NBA line, which is by the way, three feet further than she normally shoots from not insignificant by the way. And not only does she come within three of the most prolific shooter of all time, she tied who was the three point contest winner in Damian Lillard. And still somehow it was Oh, well, she should have shot from the women's line because it's still people denigrating her performance and saying that she should have done something different than exactly what she just did. And it's shocking to me that we could be this dense at this point. So here's the thing, Al. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. I also heard... I I heard the sound bites and I read the tweets in which I think you reference. I don't think that I interpreted them as some sort of lesser than perspective. 
from these people. Like, I saw it as Sabrina Ionescu and Steph Curry challenged one another in a three-point contest. Just like maybe some people saw it as a as a disadvantage for Sabrina to be shooting from the three-point line, the NBA three-point line, wouldn't it be the same thing if Steph would have been like, no, I'll go and shoot 12 to 18 inches closer and shoot from the, the WNBA three-point line? What? That, no. It's the, it's the same kind of disadvantage. No, it's not. It's not the same it, kind it of would disadvantage. Be the, it would be the no, same kind wouldn't. of disadvantage. The, you think it's a disadvantage for a shooter to shoot closer to the basket? That's ridiculous, Gary. Absolutely 100%. Not. No, she want, She knew She knew what was coming, that if she did it from the WNBA line, no matter what she did, everyone would go, no, do it from the men's line. And that's the problem with being a woman is you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If she would have beat Steph, then they would have said, shoot it with the men's ball next time. There's nothing that woman could have done save for beating him with a men's ball, something she does not shoot with and never has. We're talking about being equitable, okay? And uh -huh. equity is you shoot with your basket from the place that you choose. And Sabrina's the one that said, I want to shoot from their line. And so the idea that someone else should tell her where she should shoot from when she did magnificent, that's my problem. My problem is nobody looked at that and said, hell yeah, she shouldn't have shot from the women's line. She scored 26 freaking points. That's what all the men did earlier. That's my point, Gary. So I would have, I would have seen that if, if Sabrina would have chose to shoot from the WNBA three-point line and beat Steph, in my eyes, that's like, yeah, that's straight up equal. Because she, because she lost to Steph in that point, it had me wondering, had she shot from the WNBA three-point line, would she have beaten Steph? And that's how I interpreted all of this. She should have shot from the WNBA three-point line to give her a fair advantage an advantage it wasn't it she had but she didn't need a fair advantage she didn't want an advantage gary she wanted things to be as equal as they could be and she's never ever shot in her career with a men-sized basketball so handing that to her is ridiculous right i'm not advocating for her to shoot with a men's ball point is is that everyone wanted her to handicap her chance and she didn't need to do that which is why she tried to do it from his line and not only did she do a fantastic job Again, she would have tied Damian Lillard, who scored 26 points twice. So did she. Same situation. So if she had not been going up against Steph Curry, if she had just been in the three-point competition, she would have tied Dame Lillard and they would have been in a shoot-off. And who knows what would have happened. So my point is the idea, anybody looks at what she did and goes, ooh, but if she only would have, because I thought she did a damn good job. I thought she represented the WNBA in an incredible way. And she went after it. And I think it was great. She didn't want to shoot from that line because they would have taken it away from her. They would have. If she beats them from the WNBA line, then they say, well, asterisk, go back three feet, sister. So no, she was damned if she does and she damned if she doesn't. I think she did a fantastic job. Sign me up for round two. Throw Caitlin Clark against Dame Dalla in that next year and I'm all in. And also... Come do that at the WNBA game, Steph Curry. Okay, see, I agree with you. I, I, I think I agree with you about everything you're saying. I think that we interpreted the noise differently, though. <laughs> I think which we I, would listen, Gary. The point is, is that this is this is why we interpret it because we understand as women. There is always some line of demarcation. There's always some qualifier, and there is. It's always, you look at some of the greatest of all times. It's like, we can't just let Serena live and let it be Serena. It's, yeah, but could she beat Roger Federer? Probably not eat smoker. And it's always a qualifier. And that's what's so annoying. It's exactly why Billie Jean King wanted to go after Bobby Riggs for the Battle of the Sexes, because 
The difference, of course, is that Steph has such great respect for the WNBA. He doesn't do the three-point competition anymore, but he decided to do this so that they could have this great competition because he has so much respect for the WNBA and for Sabrina as a shooter. Back then, Bobby Riggs was just a misogynist and a sexist, and he just felt like men inherently were better at women and things. And so Billie Jean King had to beat him for the sex. This is not that, but this is why women are sensitive to it because there is always some qualifier if we don't, do as expected or even if we do as expected and and it's just it's annoying and so i'm going to get off of my like soapbox right now when it comes to that because i'm going to target essentially the same person for something else oh. that involves a man let's stop saying can we give mac mcclung a chance in the nba Whoa. Mac McClung is under six foot and is on two-way contracts. He has been given opportunities. The idea he is on a G League team, in effect, tells you he's been given opportunities, multiple ones. He's not an NBA player, and that's okay. He's literally the guy, like you said, that you just dust off when it's time for the slam dunk competition, and he's been exciting and super fun to watch. I thought that his dunks were fun. I'm kind of sick of people jumping over people, but he did it and he dunked backwards. He passed to himself. Like he's trying his best to be creative, inventive, and I appreciate that. But let's not act like once a year when we see him do this kind of stuff, it's the same thing to being able to compete on an NBA floor. It's insulting. And the idea that it's coming from NBA players is crazy. Well, I think that because it's coming from NBA players, you have to give it a little bit of credibility. I mean, Mac McClung is good enough to be on a G League roster. I think that it's – I don't want to call it unfair because I am fully a believer of if you're good enough, you're good enough. If you're not, you're not. But it does remind me of sort of like award show syndrome where it's the Grammys, it's the Country Music Awards. Coming up, Morgan Wallen, and they tease him. All show for four hours. Coming up, a live performance from Morgan Wallen. He's nominated for 12 different awards. Coming up, Morgan Wallen. He goes 0 for 12, but they just dangle the carrot. And in that last 30 minutes of the show, give it up for Morgan Wallen. And then, you know, he's on, he's singing, he's performing. So the Country Music Awards and the Grammys did it to, to some extent. Um, actually, they didn't do it with Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs. They actually got him out there pretty quick. But anyway, award shows do this to a certain extent, and they drag it out. They dangle that carrot because they know that's what the people came to see. And then after the award show, after the performance, after they go over for whatever in the actual categories that matter, in this instance, in this example, it would be like credible actual minutes in the NBA. They're like, all right, Mac. We'll see you next year. Then we'll bring up this hype and we'll start building up this hype to see if you can make it the first three time, three consecutive time uh, slam dunk comp, uh, contest champ. So that's kind of how I see it. And again, what do you have to lose? I mean, I guess the Magic are sort of in the mix as an Eastern Conference playoff contender. So you're not going to just bring up a guy for the sake of doing that. But I mean, he's good enough to compete in a dunk contest. He's good enough to have a two-way contract in the association. This is one of those things. I know, I know, I just saw it. But this is, this is one of those events that feature people that that other teams and other franchises can say, hey, we can use a guy like that. The, the, the... What, what, what the did I say? The idea that you think someone is scouting the 
fucking slam dunk competition is what is wrong with all of us. We don't give any of these teams enough credit. They literally have whole roster of people who only do that, who only go to G League games to see if mm -hmm. there's guys there that they need. What I'm taking legit, what I'm taking gripe with is not whether Matt McClung could ever be an NBA player or not. It's the idea he's not getting a shot. Of course he's getting a shot. The man is averaging 24 points and seven assists in the G League, and he has had two-way contracts. He has been called up. If he doesn't, if he's not on an NBA roster right now, it's not for lack of opportunity. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not as if no one will give this poor kid a shot. He's had shots. I mean, it, 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 that's what I take issue with. I'm not saying he couldn't one day maybe be a good NBA player. You know, it, it stranger things have happened. Some people take a little while to grow and bloom, right? What was the Nick Sirianni thing with the fertilizer and you got to put on it or whatever? Same thing. Uh-huh. Cover McClung and Dung and watch him grow. I'm just saying the idea that he's had no chances is asinine. What's crazy to me, L, is you're fired up about all of these topics, okay? And you and I, I think, have agreed on all of these topics, but you are like showing fire and ire. Meanwhile, I'm agreeing with most of I'm what I'm just you're projecting. Saying. I know. Okay, I understand. Why are you mad at Eva? Was she sick over the weekend or something? Like damn, she just, she just sleeps like a maniac. I okay. told you I've had okay. no sleep, and I'm 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 in I'm in rare form. Coming up, no, that's good. That's good. Coming up, this. we're going to because we also had some crazy talk per usual in the NBA. We're gonna we're gonna throw some things in the truth translator and see if we actually believe. Oh my god, LeBron James does not want a farewell tour. That's coming up on the L Duncan Show. Stick around. Hey, remember to. Watch The L. Duncan Show. Listen to The L. Duncan Show wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube every Monday and Thursday. New episodes. Sometimes they're grumpier than others, and that's fine as well. And can on I... Fridays on television, ESPN 2, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern. L, can I at least say this? I understand you're having not your best day, not your favorite day, and I feel for you as my friend. And you're going to rebound. The sun is shining. It's wonderful. At least your day is not going as bad as Jacques Vaughn, okay? Brooklyn what happened Nets, to Jacques Vaughn? He got fired on his day off today. The NBA is an all-star break till Thursday. The Brooklyn Nets fired him today. So oh, he, went, he went full Friday. How are you going to get fired on your day off for stealing boxes, Craig? So Coach Vaughn just signed a long-term extension to stay the head man of the Brooklyn Nets. This is his second season. He didn't even get out of his second season. Mm. He got fired on his day off. So L, maybe that's just a little bit of little bit of bright side for you. Okay. You're having a bad day, but at least you ain't getting fired on your day off. Well, the day is not over, Gary. So don't change. That's true. Me. Yeah, that's true. I will true. say this, speaking of bright siding it, he's probably in Cancun. It's the all-star break. That's maybe, a fact. Maybe like that's the perfect time to let someone go. They're like, oh, great. It's worse when you leave Cancun, come back to the brutal, brittle cold of Brooklyn and then yeah. get fired. Like fire me while I'm in Hawaii, please. Like, Cause I'll stay my there. I could push this ticket back. I'm sure he, he's on the beach right now. Hey, yo, doc, look at this. Look what Woj just tweeted. <laughs> he's going to be like, yeah, you're next, bro. <laughs> Got fun, doc rivers. Uh Oh, <laughs> All right, so in the NBA this weekend, we had some revelations from LeBron James. Um, and so we're going to put some of his words through the truth translator and see what we think he was really trying to say. And okay. I will serve the role as LeBron, and Gary, you'll serve the role as the truth translator. Are you ready? Okay, yes. Hey, man, 
Now, again, uh, sorry, disclaimer, we are paraphrasing. Okay, we're good. Okay. Hey, man, I learned about the Warriors attempted trade the same time as everybody else. I don't know. Hey, man, because this is a hot mic, I'm supposed to tell y'all that I learned about the Warriors trade, wink, wink, at the same time everybody else did. Awkward stare into camera. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, maybe oh, what? what? Maybe what he meant was they weren't nearly as excited to have me there as I assumed. So now I Straight want to up. be a Laker for life. That's crazy. Like, okay, so he becomes a free agent at the end of this year. Uh -huh. uh, he's got a player option at 51.5 million. Brian Windhorse is like, he's already at this point negotiating by way of hot mics and hopping on shows and tweeting for his next long-term extension uh, with the Lakers. That's crazy. It's crazy to me that LeBron uh, is going to be a free agent at the end of this season. And this at, at this point, it's the culmination of what we've been talking about for so many years. Bronny James is draft eligible. And everybody says that Bronny right now is not an NBA caliber talent. So that whole somebody's going to take a lottery flyer or a first round flyer on Bronny just to try to entice LeBron James, that is quickly lost steam, but yeah. is still one of the most interesting storylines heading into this summer. I don't think that LeBron or Bronny, either one of them would want that. I don't think either yeah. one of them want a Thanasis Antetokounmpo contract. I mean, <laughs> it's the truth. I don't think they're comfortable with it. I mean, you know, like it's very different. Um, Giannis is incredible. That's his brother. He's looking out and I totally get it. But I do not think that LeBron or Bronny, who is, you know, in a under a big shadow, would want that. And, you know, he had the heart condition. It's a late, it was a late start for him of the season. I would He's draft eligible, sure, but I, I would be shocked if he didn't return to USC. Sure. Um, but I do think that, you know, this idea that LeBron, who also had this to say, so I'll let you put this through the truth translator before I give my thoughts. Um, here I go again. Okay. Uh, I don't know how many seasons I have left. I know it's not that many. And I was just asked this question a couple of days ago. Will you take the farewell tour or just Tim Duncan it? Honestly, I'm 50-50. My farewell tour better rival any tour Taylor Swift has ever been on. Take the Eras tour, 10x that mug, because that's what I want my farewell tour to be. Correct. Point blank, period. LeBron James going to retire at the end of a season. Just sneak oh, out. Just sneak okay. out. Okay. Sure. Okay. Just, 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 just go away. No. What? Listen, and I don't think, here's the thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting a farewell tour. He's going to go down as either arguably the greatest of all time or one of them. Um, he's going to go down as having played for over 20 years. He's a legacy player. I don't think there's anything wrong with letting people go around and give you your flowers and say, way to go and get the adoration and the love from everybody. You know, Kobe got that tour. Um, most of the, a lot of the greats do right. Tim Duncan, it was never his style. You know, he was mm -hmm. always sort of the quietest kept, you know, wearing his dad jeans. And it's like, it, it just was all of that attention and fanfare. Um, it, it wasn't great to him. And I believed that. 
But the idea that LeBron says he's uncomfortable with praise or like one, I don't believe that at all. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's not me calling him an egotist or anything like that. I think that some people are fueled and motivated by the passion, whether that's hate or love. And I think that that fuels him to some level and has fueled him for as long as he's been. I mean, he's still so good. He's yeah. still so good. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. But uh, I think that what he is trying to say through the truth translator is I'm giving y'all a forewarning that I am winding down. Yes. So y'all better start working on them gold chairs right now because them should take two years. That's a fact. Also, that's that puts an incredible amount of pressure, though, because, you know, LeBron's going to announce, hey, this is going to be my final season or whatever um, ahead of whatever his final season is. And anything short of a championship in his final season, because he is so good at now pushing 40 years old, he'll be 40 next December. Anything short of a championship. Huh, Jackson wrote it in the chat. Coach K scared him off because Coach K announced it, and then he got bounced by his arch rival in his yeah, last did. game of the yeah, year he did. to North Carolina. That was so, nasty, bro. It, that's the point: is it could go so. That's what poorly. I'm saying. That, it, it could go. It could go so bad. I remember Tom Brady's last game was at home at Foxborough against the Tennessee Titans, and Logan Ryan, former teammate, picked him off. And that was my lasting memory of Tom Brady in a New England Patriots yeah. uh, uniform. And now LeBron James is going to announce his retirement. And imagine this dude doesn't get out of the regular season. Like what? Yeah. Like the NBA is going to make an 82 game show for sure. ESPN, and they should. And they will. And nobody's taken away from that. I'm just saying it puts so much pressure. And again, pressure makes diamonds. For some people, pressure is how they fuel themselves. But anything short of an NBA crown at the end of what LeBron James's final season is going to be, everybody's going to look back and be like, oh man, he announced this, uh, this farewell tour. He didn't even win a chip his last season. Everybody's going to remember you falling flat in your last season. And that's what people are going to talk about. I could already see the headlines now. I, I could totally understand that being a deterrent, but I also think that when LeBron gets to a point where he wants to truly wind down, it will probably be because he's not playing on a contender. I mean, this man's going to sure. try and play until he literally can't walk anymore, in my opinion, because I do still think he has that competitive spirit. <laughs> he's going to be on the Nuggets. Jokic to James. <laughs> You could just that should be his farewell tour. Let him just for the next three or four years sign one year deals and just join the contender. Like he should sit out the whole year, work out on his own, hop in before the trade deadline, right? Get signed to a team and let him just do that. That would be super fun. I would love that. Let LeBron just hop around. You know what I mean? Just let the the NBA run a train. Whoa, that whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, oh, whoa. That came hey, out wrong. Whoa. Speaking of coming out wrong, we had some fashion question mark, question mark, question mark at the NBA All-Star game. And when the L. Duncan show comes back, we will talk about why Tyrese Halliburton is apparently turning into a furry. <gasps> Stick oh. around. All right, we're back on the L. Duncan show, a place, by the way, that has new episodes every Monday and Thursday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And then Friday on TV, don't forget. 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern. We're like the um, NFL. We're oversaturating now, L. Yeah, man. You can get us <laughs> everywhere. We're like athlete's foot. We just grow on you. You know what I mean? And we never yeah. go away. Yeah. I would go uh, with Moss. <laughs> so we had some all-star game fashion. And for the uh, listening audience, we're going to do our best to describe what some of these outfits look like. But if you're interested, when you're not driving, of course, just take a quick peek. Yes. And you'll see exactly what. Or you can go over to YouTube whenever and, and, and you'll see it up on your screen. Um, I'm going to start with Tyrese Halliburton, which was 
it was a choice. It was a choice. So it basically looks like our producer Jackson said it looks like he got bit by Cooking Monster and is slowly becoming him. Mm -hmm. And that's accurate because he's wearing what looks to be just a regular suit that you would just see at like a guy probably carrying a casket. And yeah. then he's got around his biceps just I mean, what an example. Furry cuffs. Yeah. And then a furry bottom as well yeah it kind of is giving like buffalo bill with cookie monster right it oh puts the gosh. lotion in the basket l uh oh i think sarah hit us with a sully and business casual as well sure. tyrese halliburton to me looks like if i didn't know who tyrese halliburton was i would think there's a it's two kids stacked up on one another, on on each other because like the shoulders are incredibly broad and then it just tapers down to like this upside down triangle. And I don't get it because it's a light stone wash. And I'm the first to say, listen, I am no fashionista, dude. All right. When I go to the rack, I'm talking about the Nordstrom rack. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's the extent of my, of, of my stylings. All right. But like, he's got the floaties on. But they're not floaties; they're furries. Yeah, so they, they wouldn't really save a life. Mm -hmm. And then he, and then he's got the, and then he's got the fat paper bag, the fat pay, like the grocery from the commissary paper bag. But it's it's an Hermes. Yeah. Oh well, of course, all of these outfits, by the way, are hideous and also one million dollars because mm -hmm. that's what fashion is. Apparently, the uglier, the furrier, the fuzzier, the bigger, the better. Which is why I think why Steph Curry went just full blown substitute teacher. Like literally, yeah. I had a teacher named Mr. Barney, and he was a science teacher, and he looked exactly like this dude Steph Curry right now, who's just wearing like just to your point a basic kind of maroonish checkered flannel looking shirt that you would just get from Nordstrom rack. That's on every single rack at Nordstrom rack, just a pair of jeans and some like those black sketchers that anyone that's yeah. ever been a waiter knows you have to wear when you wait tables. I just feel like Steph Curry lost his luggage and he just had to pop out. And because he's in Indianapolis, the only place he could pop out to was Kohl's. And he bought that entire uh, outfit in, in Kohl's cash. Okay, because L, I have that I have that Izod shirt. Okay, I have those Van Houston slacks. Okay, and I have those Johnston and Murphy loafers. Okay, I'm telling you right now, this is the most relatable I've ever been with Steph Curry. Like that shirt, a 19 and a half inch neck. Okay, that's why it's not buttoned because it's entirely too large. Because we're in the Midwest, we're we're in we're in a place where ranch is the is holy water. Okay. Um, I've, I have that outfit L like, that's crazy. I love it. Our producer, Christina says Steph Curry's in the Walter White season one fit. He really is. He oh, definitely looks yeah. like, he yeah. definitely looks like he's got, you know, what it takes to start a meth lab if he wanted yeah. to. There's definitely an element of that as well. Yeah. Um, Tyrese Maxey was, you know, I, I'm, I'm like with the monochromatic yellow. He's wearing like a yellow button down and yellow pants and he's got some cool shoes, but then he just has like this big giant furry. Again, I guess furry is the thing right now. I don't know if like- yeah if like skinning mascots is fashion right now, but mm -hmm, it seems mm -hmm. that way. I don't know what's on his jacket. Producer help. What is on? He's got like these, like, like white, here's it looks the like thing. gravestones. It looks like headstones yeah. all over his jacket. Here's the thing, L. What's the number one function of a jacket, right? To keep you warm, right? To keep mm -hmm. the elements outside and prevent them from getting inside. Well, that's all null and void based off of the number of cutouts that he has in his jacket. And I, I believe, I believe those are, cutouts of the fabric 
So okay. it's just it's just sort of letting the air just get right through uh -oh. the jacket. Ventilation. Okay. Ventilation. Sure, they are cutouts. Okay, so the whole like keeping the exterior elements outside completely null and void because he has tombstone esque cutouts of the jacket. But mm -hmm. props to him with the Goyard duffel. Okay, I was in Paris last year. I tried to get one of those. It couldn't sell it to me. I was like, but this is the store. This is the store I could get it. He said, you can't just walk in here and get it. I'm like, what's the point of having the store? Yeah. I don't like, get it. It's a front. Yeah. Maybe Tyrese Maxey is wearing gravestones all over his jacket to signify that the all-star game is dead. Yeah, that's that's true. Before we get out of here, because uh, I am dead tired, I do want to, you have something, and then very quickly, oh, yes. I want to give a big shout out to Matt. Mascangelo, who is a Sacramento State outfielder, and I feel very seen by him. Mm -hmm. um, this man opened up his 2024 season with a doubleheader, and he was hit by a pitch seven times. He was hit three times in the first game and then four more times in game two. And the reason this man is my spirit animal and also um, someone that I feel relatable to is because in a bit of a nod to child abuse, I believe, when I was 11 and I was switching over from slow pitch softball to fast pitch softball, obviously I could not hit the ball well yet. I was still learning, but I was a great defender and I had great speed. So my coach taught me how to get hit by pitches so that yes. I could get on base. And so that was my job. I would come in and he would put me in and so that I could get hit. And I did that and I did it really well. I know exactly where you can take a pitch um, and, um, and yeah, so I see you, Matt, yours wasn't intentional. I don't think maybe it was, but anyway, good on you. And, um, and I hope your week gets better. I hope for both of us, our weeks get better, Gare. Yeah, no, I think so too. L that's what's just what you do for the team. You sacrifice it all. There's no I in team, but there is sure. an ouch in team. Yeah. It is the 66th running of the Daytona 500 later today. If you're listening on a Monday, because it was postponed due to weather on a Sunday. All right. 66th running NASCAR puts their Super Bowl in the front of the season L. So because we are professional sports people, I'm going to hit you with a list of names. You tell me if it's one of the 40 drivers driving in today's running of the great American race or a name that I've simply made up. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Diesel Gray. Ooh, it feels too on the nose that there'd be a racer named Diesel. Fake. Exactly. Boom. Solid. Okay. What about Austin Dillon? That's a guy. Boom. You are a sports professional. Frankie Muniz. He's actually racing. I mean, that's Malcolm in the middle. I, yeah, is. I know. Yeah, man, old Frankie. Look Malcolm at him. He's been racing for a while. Of the pack, not yeah. racing in the Great American Race. He's racing in the in the in the JV, I guess you could mm -hmm. say, series in the Xfinity series. Okay, what about BJ McLeod? That feels fake. Fake. Yeah. Okay. What about BJ McQuiet? Okay. <laughs> Now, I don't know which one's the real one. I know you got one of them's real, one of them's fake. McQuiet. Nope, McLeod. He's the okay. real one. Uh, last one for you here, L. Alden Harlow. I don't know if you just took something like Jack Harlow and then you were like Alden Gonzalez popped up on your screen and you smashed them together. Okay, I'll bite. I think that's a guy. Nope. That is the restaurant that I was at last night Okay. in the middle of our team meeting, which I apologize for. Yeah, way to go, guys. You know, every <laughs> every single week, Gary, 
inches closer and closer to the bottom of the MVP standings. It's Stop fine. that. Hey, we've come, we've come to expect that from you. Gary. A major setback for a, a minor setback for a major comeback. You don't even know how to say it right. I know. Oh, man, I, know I know. I know. Your bad day is now trickling onto me. Hey, are we in studio on Thursday? We are in studio on Thursday, folks. And also uh, the show, which will come out on Thursday and then will air on Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Uh, remember that if you like our show, let somebody know. If you hate our show, let somebody know. Your haters are your biggest fans. We appreciate you, as always, for listening. We'll see you Thursday in person, homie. Peace out, Al.